Hey there, everybody. This is Pastor Chip, and thank you for tuning in again. So, uh, today, we'll talk about the shortest book in the Bible that has a whole lot to say. And, um, have you ever read the shortest book in the Bible? It's, uh, the third epistle of John. It's a short, they call it the epistle, but it's a letter. It's a letter written by John around 90 to 95 AD. And it was written directly for Gaius, the bishop of the church of Pergamum, which is in Asia Minor. So... Says he was writing this letter because of the problems in the city. It's mentioned in Revelations two, uh, twelve. This city is labeled as the city of Satan because of its pagan practice and sexual immorality. Well, we got a lot of those cities around today, don't we? But it's one of the few letters. It's actually a letter. Uh, it's written to a particular person. You know, unlike the other um, other books or general or a group of people or a history, this is written specifically to Gaius by John. And it's uh, only 219 words in the original Greek language, but translate to 299 words in the English language. But it talks about things and that are going on in the world and how they've upset John. And, you know, I just want to, the point I want to make is there are so many churches out there that they preach feel-good theology. You know, I always say feel-good theology. They talk about the good things in the Bible and the things that fit their agenda. And they don't talk about things like the third epistle of John. You know, John is actually writing a letter, and he ain't being nice about some of the stuff he's saying. Of course, he starts off, that he commends Gaius for his generosity because he takes care of the people and strangers. And and, uh, they have borne witness of your love before the church. And he sends them out in a manner worthy of God. It says that um, taking nothing from the Gentiles... says, we therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. You see, this is a preacher that's, like I said, is in the city of, it's called the city of Satan at the time. Sexual immorality, sins running rampant. And this preacher is doing great things for the kingdom with the resources he has. And John is writing him a letter lifting him up, affirming him of the good job he's doing in the ministry. 
Well, are we affirming people who are doing good things in our community? Are we affirming people that, yes, you know, I hate to say it. I really hate to, no, I don't hate to say it. I'm going to say it. It really bugs me that, you know, the Bible says we're supposed to be humble with what we do and we're not supposed to brag on what we do and uh, advertise, you know, in, in a bragging kind of way. But, you know, what about these churches that have the plaques on the pew or they have the names on the stained glass, donations given for the family? And then... I get a mailing from a church that I used to go to every month, and it lists in there the financial contributions of people that that people have made in honor of somebody else. Now, I know there's a glass half full and a glass half empty, and the way I look at it is why do we need to be doing anything to draw attention to ourselves. I don't care if it's in the name of your dead grandfather or your great-grandmother or the patriarch of your church. Why do we need to be deflecting the recognition from God to these people? You see? So I think that, well, we should stop doing that stuff. But Chip ain't going to change nobody. Churches are going to do what churches are going to do. And that's the only way a lot of people are remembered in the world is walking by a pew and reading this this pew donated in the name of so-and-so. That's the only way we really do good things in churches. We sure don't do anything in the of calling out people for anything. We should be calling out people for things. He says here... Um, Diotrephes and Demetrius, he said uh, that Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. He says, therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words and not content with that. He himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to putting them out of the church. He says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. You see, Paul named a guy. He named him that was doing evil to the people in the church and putting people out of church. How many of us have seen anybody call anybody out that's doing evil? The closest you're going to get to any of these churches calling people out is the whispering about who's doing what, and who's seen doing this, and who's staying at whose house, and who's not married, and who's living in sin. That's the closest you're going to come, and that's gossip. That's people running their mouth, spreading gossip. But you see, the preacher... Paul, he's calling him out. He's going to call him out. He's going to bring it to the church, which the Bible commands us to do. If a 
brethren has anything, take it to the church. You know, and he goes on, he says, who, He who does good is of God, but he who does evil has not seen God. Are you in a church that has not seen God? Are you in a church that's worried about itself? They're out there. You know, I hate to tell you, but you don't have to be a godly person to be a preacher. I know, I know of, I know of some who got into it just for the money. And there are televangelists that are in it just for the money. But let me ask you, of these people that you know, the preachers, whoever, have any of them had a, an epistle written about them and included in the Bible? You know, um, I wonder if when Paul was writing this, if he even thought about his words would be immortalized for thousands of years in the Bible. And Gaius, the bishop of this church, is mentioned, went down in history. You know, um, who knows? Who knows what God has planned for us and The, where the words go and our actions go and our deeds go. But what we need to take from this is that you can have good and bad in the Bible. You can address the good and the bad. You can respectfully call out people in your church. You can respectfully call out people anywhere. Like I said, respectfully. You know, I started this, thinking about this podcast, searching about our our mouths, or how we use our mouth. We're so quick to tear people down and chew people out. We don't use our words for lifting people up anymore. It's, you know, if anybody's doing something that we disagree with, seems like we want to call them names and trash them, and people are not entitled to have a difference of opinion anymore. So, what are we doing with our mouth? Are we using it to lift God up, or are we tearing down His people? And you see, Paul didn't let the idleness slide. He didn't let the evil the troublemaking slide, he addressed it. And yet he praised the guy for what he was doing. Makes you wonder what this church was doing, what he was, how he was helping people and giving things. Because, you know, the first century, there were some tough times for the newly established church. Tough times. People stealing and killing, and churches were in, Christianity was in, then it was out, and then it was in, and it was out, and it, a couple hundred years before it was accepted by the Roman Empire. 
And today, we live in the relative comfort of our homes and our country, countries, most countries. We are able to um, worship the Lord's open or, you know, in our homes. But there are countries where people cannot speak about Christianity, can't even carry a, a Bible in public. There are places where people will love just to have the page of a Bible. It's not free all over the world. It's not like the Western world everywhere where people have access to Bibles and technology and media. And that's another reason we need to take a stand against people that are oppressors in the church. Like I said before, just because a person's a preacher doesn't mean they're a good person. They can be narcissists, oppressors. They can be all sorts of things, and they can definitely not be doing what's best for God. And people, that's why you need to pick that book up. You need to open it, and you need to read it. You need to understand what God's saying. Do not let people mislead you down a path of destruction. Jim Jones led about a thousand people to to uh, Guyana and made them drink. Didn't make them. He encouraged them, and they drank the Kool Aid. They killed their kids. You know, it's it was a tragic thing. But people were manipulated by man for religion. I don't know if I'll be written about anything or if the future will what the future will even look like in a hundred years this country and this world might be tore slap up. But they're not going to say that I followed a cult. Matter of fact, my mama always said I just didn't know when to keep my mouth shut. And I'm doing it now as I preach. Preach the word and the gospel to people. We need to be free of legalism. We need to enjoy the, the grace of of God's Word. It is not a chain to wear around our neck. It is it is a work of kindness and love. And it's an awesome history book about what all has gone on in the world to get to where we are at this point. So, when you read the shortest book, go back and read it. Like I said, it's less than 300 words. It's got three little sections in there. And it says a whole lot. When you read it, read it like, imagine you're opening an envelope and folding out a letter. And you're reading the personal letter that Paul wrote to Gaius. 
in the first century. And this is Pastor Chip. Thanks for tuning in. God bless wherever you are. I appreciate you listening. And be safe. Be safe. And uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you.